turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I don't know. You tell me. They're getting ready to roll out the fourth booster for a vaccine that they said would be 95% effective, that it would prevent you from getting COVID. And they were wrong. And now they want to force it on kids. Here's Stephanie Seneff. She's senior research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory with Laura Ingram the other night. It's outrageous to be giving vaccines to young people because they don't have a risk of, a very, very low risk of dying from COVID. So they, they don't get a benefit. And when you look at the potential harm from these vaccines, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. And certainly repeated boosters is just going to be very uh, devastating, I think, in the long term. And um, it's just a I've done a lot of research, and I, I really am beginning to understand exactly how the process takes place, and it's uh, very disturbing. Now, the neurodegenerative aspect of this that you specifically highlight from your research, explain that, if you can, in layman's terms. Yes, I'll try to. And, of course, the science is never easy, but it's quite fascinating what happens. The, the vaccine gets injected into the arm. The muscle cells get very upset. They bring in a whole bunch of troops. The immune cells come in, take up the vaccine themselves, they take up the nanoparticles. They start making spike protein. The particles basically get your cells to produce lots and lots of spike protein in a hurry. Spike is the most toxic part of the virus. And these immune cells then rush into the lymph system, rush to the spleen. Many of them end up in the spleen, which is where you want uh, them to be to produce the antibodies. That's the goal. So they've designed it. And they're very happy to see that they end up in the spleen making lots of spike protein and then invoking an immune response that produces antibodies by the B cells. But the problem is that those germinal centers in the spleen are really the center place where Parkinson's disease develops and probably many other uh, neurodegenerative diseases. But for Parkinson's, it's been very well laid out that uh, that you get uh, prion-like proteins even from infections in the gut. Immune cells take them to the spleen, to those germinal centers, and then they start spewing out Exosomes, these are little lipid particles that are released by the cell, unloading mm. that to- toxic protein and shipping it along the vagus nerve to the brain. This is sort of well known with respect to Parkinson's disease, and that's the model I'm using. It feels to me like this is a perfect setup for it. Dr. Seneff, um, this is a very short segment. We're going to have you back. But any parent who's been pressured into giving a child uh, this vac- vaccination, what do you say to them tonight? Uh, they should do everything they can to avoid it, absolutely everything they can. Yep. She, of course, is being called a quack by scientists who have been wrong about just about everything. And we'll talk to uh, her when we come back, and I'll ask her about that and all kinds of other stuff. Stick around. Cancer. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission, driven by little things like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. 
More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org. Ad paid for by completecar.com. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to the COVID crisis, we are announcing a low-cost extended service plan that's now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay nothing for auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay nothing for auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-959-4526 now. Drivers who are covered by this auto protection will not have to pay for a covered repair bill again. This auto coverage is at an all-time low, much lower than what dealerships are charging. Additionally, drivers who activate this auto coverage today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and free rental car at no additional cost. Call for your free quick quote today. Call 800-959-4526. 800-959-4526. What do you have to lose? Call 800-959-4526 now. Visit us on the web at completecar.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection. Inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Live right now, the free Married in 12 Months or Less five day challenge at lovestories.com. Featuring creator, author, and matchmaker Jackie Dorman. Jackie's teachings have helped thousands of women just like you get out of the waiting room and step into the love story that God has written for them. Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you hi i'm jackie dorman join me in my married in 12 months challenge where i'll teach you why now is your time to find love what are the lies that are holding you back and the tools you need to become a bride register at lovestories.com that's lovestories.com pick up jackie's book married in 12 months or less wherever books are sold this is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So, have you been vaccinated and have you been boosted? Has your booster been boosted? They're going for the kids now. Stephanie Seneff is a senior research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory. And she's been studying vaccines for over 30 years and she joins us now. Stephanie, thanks for being here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So you have uh, studied the intersection of biology and computation for over 30 years. What are you usually looking for at that intersection? <laughs> That's a big question. I'm just, uh, mostly I'm looking for correlations between toxic chemicals and disease, to be honest with you. That's what intrigues me. And then if I can see which diseases are correlated with which chemicals, then to try to go back to the biology to explain the mechanism by which that chemical could cause that disease. Okay, so that uh, comes in handy when you're looking at vaccines, <laughs> right? I mean, Absolutely. It's pretty much what vaccines are. Um, That's so, right. So why is it significant that the, significant that, that, the, um, that the vaccines we've been taking, or been asked to take anyway, are associated with the word unprecedented? And what, why is that right. word important? Well, so uh, you're referring to the paper that I wrote together with Dr. Greg Nye, where yeah. we showed that uh, unprecedented vaccines in the past have taken 12 years to get to market, and we've rushed this through in just a few months, so we skipped a whole bunch of steps that would normally take place. And we did that 
just you know we were justified in doing that because of the declared emergency. Mm-hmm. The emergency is what got them to get to get past the regulatory process that would have probably derailed these vaccines. It, you go for 12 years and you have 2% success rate. That's been the the history of these unprecedented technologies when you introduce them uh, into the pharma system. So say that again, uh, 12 years and it's 2%. 12 years, 2%. So 98% fail in that 12-year process. 2% survive it, and then they can come to market. So you were skeptical of the claims of 95% efficacy. I guess it was way back in August when you did this, August when you did this paper. So how yeah, unprecedented was it? Yeah, well, how unprecedented was it for claims, uh, uh, predictions, I guess, not just not claims, but predictions right. of 95% success with an unprecedented vaccine, as opposed to a simple or a complex vaccine, by the way? Right. I mean, the unprecedented aspect is because the technology is brand new and it's genetic. It's almost genetic engineering. I mean, it really is scary technology as far as... They're doing something brand new to the body that, that we don't know what and how an organism might respond to that sort of thing. And the 95% is really quite deceptive because they carefully selected people in the experiments who were healthy. They had very few of the old and, and you know, with multiple mor- comorbidities that are the ones who are dying from the disease. They judiciously kept them out because I think they were probably afraid of things like severe vaccine reaction in people who have susceptibility. When you have a weak immune system, you're susceptible to both the disease and to vaccine injury. So they basically cheated by just choosing people who don't catch COVID. So they had a very small subset of the population in both the treated and the untreated groups who actually got COVID. So then they had very little data to work with to get their conclusion. Uh, and the 95% is, is still a very small percentage of the total population. Most people had no effect. Have no effect what? Uh, what? In terms of protecting them from the disease or from dying from the disease. In fact, there were more deaths in the treated group than there were in the untreated group. And so um, when, when oh, you... Not based on COVID, any death. So, so anybody who studies this stuff, and, and that's what you do, and is, and is uh, familiar at all with uh, the work to create and distribute a vaccine, anybody who has studied this, would they be expected to have the same reaction that you had when you see 95%, you you immediately become a little suspicious? I wasn't so much suspicious of the 95%. I was suspicious of what it might do to you physiologically that was not studied at all. They had no answer on that. That's my concern. What is this thing going to do to your body? What is it going to do to your immune system? And we are now seeing evidence that it's doing bad things. It's, it's weakening the innate immunity. It's disrupting what's called type 1 interferon responses, which is the very early response to, a, to an infection. And this includes everything, including cancer, by the way. So you have a greater susceptibility to cancer and to infectious diseases of all sorts. So, for example, Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy is a paralysis at one side of the face. Um, mm-hmm. It's been very strongly linked to these vaccines. 96% of the uh, c- cases in the VAERS database, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, 96% of the cases that link vaccines to Bell's palsy are linking COVID vaccines to Bell's palsy. Out of the 31-year history and all the vaccines together, you know, is only 4% of the data. 96% of it is the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's an overwhelming signal that they're causing this Bell's palsy, which is a consequence of a reawakening of a, of a virus that had been uh, uh, silent. Yeah. Uh, it the the yeah, facial nerve. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, 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 we've, got, we've got millions and hundreds, I guess, of millions of people who have had one of these, taken one of these vaccines, have been, uh, you know, it's gotten a shot. And what you're saying is that, First of all, you're dealing with an unprecedented vaccine, so they really don't know. They, they can claim your claim is that they can claim that they know what they're what they're dealing with here, but they really can't, based on the history of vaccines. And so that there are millions and millions of people walking around on the planet who basically have no clue what might come down the road years from now as a result of taking this shot. Yeah, that's absolutely the case, and that's what we were worried about in the paper that we wrote. We talked about neurodegenerative disease, autoimmune disease, uh, vascular diseases, blood clots, hemorrhaging. All these things are showing up, 
in association with these vaccines. And, of course, we have the myocarditis, which is heart issues, lots of uh, issues with inflammation of nerves, I think, in the brain, uh, all kinds of signals there, uh, tinnitus, which is ringing in the ear, uh, loss, of, lock, lock, <laughs> loss of a sense of smell. That's a very interesting one because that's something that the virus is well known to cause, right? Mm-hmm. One of the early symptoms, sometimes the only symptom, is a loss of a sense of smell. The virus infects the olfactory nerve um, that for, the, um, for the nose and causes you to lose your sense of smell. Well, why is the vaccine, how is the vaccine getting to the nose? It's coming into the muscle. In order for it to, uh, to knock out your sense of smell, it has to get to the brain. That's the scary thing. It's getting to the brain. That's an indicator. 97%, I believe it's 97% of the cases of um, loss of smell in the VAERS database are COVID-related cases with the vaccines. 31 years of all the other vaccines together is only 3% of the cases. So it's a huge signal that these vaccines are uniquely causing loss of a sense of smell. And that's a really bad sign because that's a, 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 a common symptom of, um, of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. I mean, these kind of neurodegenerative diseases, that's an early sign. And these diseases typically take a long time to happen. So we predicted in our t- paper we could have increases, you know, sharp increases in Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, kurzfeldt jakob disease, which is CJD, that's the human prion disease, we expect all of those will go up in prevalence and go down in age. So younger and younger people will be developing these these conditions earlier in life. I think this is going to happen down the road, and we may not uh, link it to these vaccines. If we manage to go through this, I think we're going to go through a crazy period when we keep on trying to get boosters and finally give up. I think I'm hoping within the year the boosters aren't working. You know, every time you get another uh, shot, uh, you get possibly some improvement over a short period of time, but then the antibodies start waning right away. They disappear quickly. A vaccine-based immunity is not strong. You know, you get a, a sweet spot for a short period of time at the you know, ideal point after the for two weeks after your second shot, from there maybe to the next three months or so, you've got some good protection, but then it, the protection wanes down to the point where either you get a booster and, and subject yourself to more toxicity, or you stop this nonsense. And meanwhile, you know, the virus is mutating all over the place. RNA viruses are very capable of mutating. When you show the virus your hand, basically those antibodies are showing the virus your hand. The virus knows how to just change itself so that it will no longer be susceptible to those antibodies. So now we're getting vaccines that are uh, for training, forcing our cells to produce antibodies to an obsolete protein. The, the version of the spike protein that's in the vaccines no longer exists in nature practically. It's almost completely gone. It's all Omicron now. And Omicron has dozens of mutations. And, if they, and they're going to try to roll out a version of the vaccine that matches Omicron, but that's just a, a, a um, futile task because by the time we get the new vaccine out, Omicron will be long gone. We'll have some other, you know, highly mutated form. We can't chase after this virus with, with uh, vaccines. It will never work. But you know this, um, and you've studied vaccines for a long time. This is what you were studying vaccines, I'm guessing, long before the COVID vaccines came along, right? right? I was, yes. Well, then um, what is the explanation that it's coming from the people who are telling us all not to worry about any of the stuff that you just mentioned? I don't know how they can possibly see it that way. There's tremendous censorship of the science. And there are many uh, respected scientists who are coming out very strong against these, these uh, inf- injections. Montagnier is a, is a Nobel Prize winner in France. He's been talking a lot about it. And uh, Suterit Bachdu, and you've got uh, Pete, Dr. Peter uh, McCullough, and um, Bob uh, Malone, who was an expert. I mean, he, he, uh, I mean, he's one of the early researchers in the mRNA technology, Dr. B- Robert Malone. Um, a lot of people. Um, well, expert. Uh, yes, and they're, and they're all being trashed everywhere. Oh, I know. And, and you I are, know. too. That's I mean, I, I checked on... Oh, I know. <laughs> I looked on Start Google. Club, right? Yeah, we're talking to Stephanie Seneff. She's a senior research scientist at the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory. Yeah, I did see on Google that you've been viciously attacked, actually, uh, months ago, uh-huh. beginning months ago, for your skepticism on the claims being made by these uh, these vaccine producers. And, and as you mentioned, we're now being prepared for, I think, for our fourth booster. 
Uh, it's crazy, uh, especially for the children, by the way, because they have no risk in COVID. Their risk-benefit ratio doesn't work at all no. in favor of the vaccine. Well, have you been vindicated on your on your skepticism of the efficacy months ago? Well, I don't know. What do you think? It looks to me like it's not working. I yeah. mean, people are now coming out, and Israel is saying, you know, fourth booster didn't really help. They're admitting it now, just now. That's just come out in the news. They're kind of giving up, I think, on the booster treadmill. It's not going to work. So what about vaccine backfires? Are, are they coming or are they already here? And how much can we trust the government, as you, you mentioned about censors, uh, how much can we trust the government or the vaccine companies not to censor information that, you know, might make them look like they were wrong? Uh, that's not going to happen, right? I mean, they've got plenty of power, plenty of money. They're going to keep on censoring for as long as they can. I think we need a public u- uprising. We need people marching in the streets. Uh, uh, it's just... Um, I think it's outrageous. I, I, I'm absolutely astonished that we have gotten this far with these overreach mandates. I mean, in Europe, it's even worse in Australia than it is here. Um, tremendous pressure to get the vaccine uh, with the complete unknown about what kind of damage it might do to your health. And I'll tell you, I got lots of email. I talked about Parkinson's disease in a very short um, interview on Fox News, and I have been overwhelmed with email from people telling me, you know, my loved one, they had... They either had Parkinson before they got the vaccine, all of a sudden their Parkinson started de- deteriorating very quickly, or even they were diagnosed with Parkinson's after the vaccine, and then it deteriorated very quickly. It looks like if you are either have Parkinson's or you're about to get it, good luck with that, because these vaccines are going to accelerate your disease process to the point where you'll, you won't be able to. You'll be in a wheelchair within the year. That's what it's looking like to me. I mean, it is very serious. And none of these people who sent me email had had submitted anything into the VARES database. They were not reporting this. This is the thing. Even VARES has a very strong signal for Parkinson's disease associated with these vaccines. And also, as I said, the loss of a sense of smell, difficulty of swallowing, um, inflammation of all those nerves that are connected with, uh, you know, the process of causing Parkinson's disease. Tremendous evidence, in my opinion. And also mobility issues. These things are all showing up in the database. And, and even though these people who sent me email didn't even submit anything to VAERS. So, you know, we've got tremendous more um, cases associated with Parkinson's than are reported in VAERS. I think many people just don't think the vaccine could be doing that. It doesn't occur to them. to, to they say, Oh, my, my, my loved one, is their Parkinson's is getting much worse, but I don't know why. They're not going to link it to the vaccine. Here's what you say, and we only have about a minute and a half left. Here's what you say in the conclusion to the study. Experimental mRNA vaccines have been heralded as having the potential for great benefits, but they also harbor the possibility of potentially tragic and even catastrophic unforeseen consequences. The mRNA vaccines against uh, SARS-CoV-2 have been implemented with great fanfare, but there are many aspects of their widespread utilization that merit concern. We've reviewed some, but not all of these concerns here. We want to emphasize that these concerns are potentially serious and might not be evident for years or even transgenerationally. So when do we start right. finding out about the long-term effects? And when do people like uh, Dr. Fauci and other people who are out front on this start admitting to any of this? I don't know. They're not looking, and that's how they're not finding. And whenever anybody does find, they suppress them. So they're doing a really good job of censoring the information that's there. People like me, we're having a really difficult time getting our message out. Well, I, uh, I, you've talked me out of getting another vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, so <laughs> the more people it. you're talking out of it, the happier you are. That's what you're saying, right? It's absolutely the case. And Omicron is not dangerous. I think Omicron is a gift from God. I mean, it's going to be a natural vaccine, basically. It's so con- contagious. It's going to uh, get us up to herd immunity naturally, very quickly. It's going to c- come flashing through the population. It looks like it, it goes up tremendously fast, and then it'll hopefully come back down tremendously fast. And then every city, once it copes with a co- you know, an Omicron outbreak, it'll be so much better off after that's over. Well, Stephanie, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Stephanie Seneff, uh, Senior Research Scientist at MIT. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrats considering a new strategy 
to avoid a Republican filibuster over a pair of controversial voting rights bills. Unable to muster the votes to end the filibuster outright, Democrat leaders are considering another rules change they hope will have the same effect. Plan B is to return to the days of the talking filibuster. That means for Republicans to extend debate and prevent a final vote, they would have to occupy the Senate floor with speeches and procedural motions. Once their resolve to do so is exhausted, Democrats would then be able to proceed to a final vote on legislation and pass it with a simple majority. Bob Agner reporting. The airline industry raising the stakes in a showdown with AT&T and Verizon over the telecom company's plan to launch new 5G wireless service this week, warning thousands of flights could be grounded or delayed if that rollout takes place near major airports. This is SRN News. Your pets have the same energy they used to. Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet Pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, this is John Steigerwald for Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. It's a new year and time for a new ride. The time is now to place your reservation on a brand new 2022 Indian Motorcycle. Because while the demand is at an all-time high, supply is very low. Reserve today. You'll be ready to take priority delivery when the new 2022s arrive. Don't miss your chance. Order now. Visit PitCycles.com today. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Always wear your helmet. Never drink and ride. AM 1250, The Answer. Larry Elder. I received this email from Bernard. told me his professor denigrated Clarence Thomas, that Clarence Thomas hated being black. And I went after class and I asked him for proof, and the guy said I was attacking him. And then I told him I liked you, Larry Elder. He went crazy. He compared you to Hitler, Larry. You see, one has a talk show, and the other killed six million Jews, so they're practically kissing cousins. <laughs> As always, I have your back. Cordially, Bernard. Bernard, God bless. On the next Larry Elder Show. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. This is John Sagerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the storage, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're hanging on to some volume delays out there. Let's look at the Parkway East. First of all, busy both ways into the Squirrel Hill Tunnel with the usual volume. And on the inbound side, downtown from Stanwick Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West moving along pretty well. Now on East Carson Street, we see that construction continuing till 6 between 33rd Street and Smithfield Street Bridge. Crosstown Boulevard a little back up on the Liberty Bridge approach. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. We'll see overcast skies for tonight with a low of 24. However, temperatures will rise into the middle 30s. For tomorrow, cloudy skies with a rain or snow shower in spots in the afternoon and a high of 41. 
Tomorrow night, cloudy skies with a bit of snow. Little to no accumulation is expected, the low 20. Cloudy Thursday, very cold. We'll see a high Thursday of 21. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Now, I'm a movie guy. I used to go to somewhere around 75 movies a year. At least once a week I went anyway. And this job and uh, COVID has cut down on my movie going a little bit. But I went to the theater four times over the holidays, and I found out that I still like going to movies. Uh, Christian Toto has always liked movies so much that he started a website called HollywoodInToto.com. And now he has a new book called Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. He joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Christian. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. So uh, you are a rarity in the movie critic business, a conservative. What was your motivation for this book? You know, someone uh, offered to work with me to write a book, and I thought, well, that's kind of fun. I've never written one. What should I do? It took me like a second to think, okay, of course, woke Hollywood. Woke Hollywood is what's happening right now. This woke uh, uh, revolution is really taking over Hollywood. It's basically done just that. And it directly impacts so much of what we see, the storylines, what stories are told and which ones aren't told, what jobs actors can and can't take. And also, uh, in many ways, most importantly, what jokes can be told and which ones can't be told. It really is comprehensive. It's toxic. And, uh, you know, chapter after chapter shows just why that's the case. Yeah, we'll get into all that. Uh, But when was Hollywood not woke? It's hard to remember when it wasn't. Well, you know, it's Hollywood is certainly left of center. It's been that way for quite some time. But this is different. This is a, a sort of a uh, maybe it's an organic outgrowth of the progressive nature of Hollywood. Maybe this it's sort of a little bit more separate than you think. But it is what it is. It's been happening for a while now. It kind of comes slowly, and all of a sudden, it's everywhere. And you know, you can point to certain movies, certain events that were maybe more woke than others. You know, a few years ago, there was a, a sequel to the movie Neighbors. It was called Neighbors to sorority rising and that film actually hired two female screenwriters to oversee the production to make sure it was empowering well it might have been empowering but it wasn't funny and it flopped at the box office so that was gosh five or six years ago but you know the woke the woke takeover hadn't really happened completely yet that was just sort of a uh, uh, a sprinkling of it but now it's just across the board and I will point people not just to my book, but there's an article uh, Barry Weiss and Substack had a piece about a week ago or so, and it talks to 20 to 25 different people behind the scenes in Hollywood and how frightening it is, how identity politics is rampant within the industry, and uh, it's it's a really fascinating piece. It's kind of a good companion piece for my book, but I hope people read both because they're both you know important. Yeah, one of the ways that you say things have changed is with casting via identity politics. How does that work? Well, there's a couple things in play. First of all, you know, I think one of the biggest examples is Scarlett Johansson was going to star in a movie called Rub and Tug about a famous trans person. And the, the, the trans community and others on the left were outraged by it. She can't play that character because they have to go to a trans actor. Uh, that's, that's sort of the new rules. And Scarlett Johansson is very beautiful, very talented, very popular, maybe the most powerful actress in Hollywood. And when you have a movie, there's a very good chance you're going to make some cash back because she is all of those things. She's just very talented. And she backed out and she quickly apologized. She gave gave what I call the hostage apology saying, I'm so sorry, I'll be an ally. I can't believe I did this. I was so wrong. I'll I'll know better next time. Why can't she play a role? You know, we're hearing that, you know, if um, uh, as a gay character in a movie, it should probably be played by a gay actor. Uh, you know, there are, Brian Cranston took heat for playing a, a person who was disabled in the upside for a couple of years ago because he wasn't disabled. It's that kind of strain. It's one of the few areas, actually, where some actors are fighting back and saying, hey, it's our craft. We're actors. We're allowed to kind of, you know, inhibit different characters and engage in different kinds of situations. It's what we do. It's one of the rare ch- times where they really do kind of chase at this whole woke ideology. Yeah, I think that movie you mentioned, Rub and Tug, was um, about a guy from Pittsburgh, a transgender yes. person from Pittsburgh. And I, I remember that it's a true story. I remember the story about the guy. Um, and by the way, that that movie has yet to be made. I don't know if it will be made. But you know what? If Scarlett Johansson was attached to it, we'd probably have already seen it. Well, um, let me just tell you about what I know about the topic. Uh, uh, as my dad used to say, 
I will make sure that I don't fail to miss it. That's my, uh, that's my, <laughs> I don't mean my approach to that one. Um, so, um, what, what about the, uh, what you refer to as, uh, well, first of all, before I get to that, ha- it used to be, I think, that if you went out to make a movie and you, you were in Hollywood or wherever you were trying to put together a movie and come up with a production, the first goal was to get people to go see it, make money. So it's actually gotten to the point where the guilt for not being woke enough actually works as a disincentive to people to make money, and they think that they, they, that they even if they make a zillion dollar movie, that the, the the guilt they won't be able to live with if it's not woke enough. Yeah, I mean that is what's happening. I think a lot of times Hollywood players, Hollywood studios are leaving money on the table ignoring some themes and topics and, and conversations that could be very lucrative. And other times, you know, saying, okay, we're going to make a, a story. Maybe we know it won't be as popular, but we want to send the message we want to send. I mean, you know, the Terminator franchise got a bit woke and it crashed and burned Charlie's angels the same way. The King's Men, which is a recent movie, didn't do nearly as well. And it had a, a bit of woke in it. And even the marketing behind these movies, it's really fascinating. The last James Bond movie, no Time to Die, I didn't think it was particularly woke. You could certainly point to a couple elements in there, but it wasn't overwhelming. It was more like a Bond adventure. But the marketing behind it, the framing, every other actor was like, this is the new Bond, and we don't call them Bond girls anymore. And you know that Sean Cannery Bond? He was kind of a rapist. Look at the way he did to women back in the day. So all the, the sort of the conversation around the film before its release was, it's a new bond. It isn't like the old bond. If you like the old bond, then shame on you because that's, you know, that's not where we're aiming at. And the movie underperformed stateside. So, you know, it does have a result. And why would they be surprised by this? Uh, a, a, well, because a, a franchise it's a uh, community. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, a, a, a franchise right. proves its value by having 27 different actors play the role. 9,000 episode, you know, versions of the movie. Every single one of them is looked forward to and does well at the box office. And somebody sits around and says, let's figure out how we can make this worse. We're having a little bit too much success with this. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. It, you, the way you laid it out is such a common sense perspective. But I don't think common sense is often happening in Hollywood. You know, I spoke to John Nolte from Breitbart News for the book. And one of the things he often says about woke is that it's not natural, it's not organic, it doesn't flow. And like if you're watching a movie and there's a woke moment, it kind of takes you out of the experience. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it's part of the story you're watching. And listen, there's nothing wrong with a movie having progressive values, having a conversation that uh, is interesting, having subtext. Those are all fine things. We don't have to always agree with what's going on in the movie. And often that kind of nuance makes a story richer and better. But what, what the woke does, it's sort of, it's more of a lecture. It's more obvious. It's in your face. And to give a quick example, the last Avengers movie, there was a scene late in the movie where several female Avengers got together in one scene and they kind of just, you know, joined forces and, and went into battle. And it was so obvious and the pandering was so, <laughs> so clear to the naked eye that even far left websites were like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. How could you pander to us like that? So that's sort of woke at its most extreme and most pathetic. Yeah, I went to see, um, I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Is it 355? Three. Yes. Yeah, I went to see that over, over the Christmas holiday. I had a couple weeks off here, and I was just looking forward. I, I just wanted to go to see a, a movie in a theater again. I haven't done it for so long. Um, and it was a, it's a just an action movie. I knew what I was getting into. It was a comic book movie, basically. But... It's it's got gets to the it's gotten to the point where women are such superhumans now that they they show 120 pound women just beating the crap out of some 270 pound bodyguard. You know, it's it's because they want to they want to make a, a statement about how women can do anything, and what they do is just absolutely take all reality out of the movie and ruin it. Yeah, and you know, and then that will be framed as well. You know, you're you don't like women in power and you don't like women in charge. Well, you know, I grew up with Ripley from Alien, a a spectacular character Mm -hmm. who wasn't muscle bound, who actually was maternal, especially in the second Aliens movie. And she was a hero and she was nuanced and she wasn't beating up men three times her size. 
and we loved her. We loved Princess Leia back in the day. These were great, powerful women. Mm-hmm. We had no problem with it. We would have seen more and more of them. We enjoyed the Hunger Games with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. So I think there's a disconnect there with, well, you know, you, know, you just don't like powerful women. No, and it's wildly unrealistic when it just doesn't seem to flow or seem natural. Then, yeah, then we might have an issue with that. I love the movie about Margaret Thatcher. I don't think she beat up anybody, but I, she was pretty powerful. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, women are strong in different ways sometimes than men. And that's yeah. just, you know, we are different. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, my my wife just went through a breast cancer battle a year ago, and she's way stronger than I ever could be. I'm just amazed at her resilience and what she went through. Yeah. You know, so, I, you know, you don't have to demean women or say that they're not powerful and strong. They are just in different ways. But when you pretend that, that a, like you said, the 100-pound woman can kind of beat up a whole battalion of dudes who are <laughs> yeah. triple their size, yeah. you know, unless they have superpowers and that kind of levels the playing field, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel organic in any way. We're talking to Christian Toto uh, of HollywoodandToto.com and the book Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. Uh, what about what you refer to as woke comedy restrictions? How, how, much be- yeah. how much worse is it now? It gets worse every year, I guess. It's really bad. Listen, we saw what happened to Dave Chappelle, who is yeah. uh, a, a, a person of color, mm-hmm. arguably the best stand-up comedian of his era, uh, someone who's sharp and interesting and challenging and thought-provoking, all the things that great comedians are. And he did a few jokes about the trans community while simultaneously you know, sharing love for that community, talking about he had a very dear friend who was trans and how he let her open for his for his San Francisco show. If you watch that whole special recently, it really does have a sort of the, the nuance that you want from a comedian. And he was practically canceled. He said he can't even find a distributor for his next movie because everyone's aghast at what he did. Now, if, a, if the best comedian on the planet is facing struggles and is worrying about, you know, where he can get his next project landing... What about the average Joe or Jane up the street at a comedy club? What, 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 imagine the fear running through them as they tell jokes that may be dangerous or edgy or thought-provoking or interesting or just maybe even clumsy. You know, not every joke is, is great. Every, you know, sometimes jokes need to be workshopped. You have to kind of work on them mm-hmm. and you know, embellish them, change the wording, change the phrasing. Well, you can't do that if the earlier version of the joke uh, gets canceled or gets you canceled. I don't think uh, Blazing Saddles would last too long today. No, you know, and it's it's maybe the most obvious example, and it's an important example, that you couldn't make it today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of the most beloved comedies of the 70s, if not ever. It's made by a genius, Mel Brooks, and it's a devastating takedown of bigotry. So yeah, we yep. can't make movies that take down bigotry because sometimes some of the verbiage in there is a little bit indelicate. Well, that's a terrible sign for our culture, period. Yeah, I mean the 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 N word was used in the movie many times, and it was it was a movie as you say about discrimination. That's kind of that's going to kind of pop up if you do a movie about that. It's even yeah, if it is a way, comedy. Yeah, by the way, I think Richard Pryor may have co-written that. I'm not 100 sure of that. I may have to double check, but I I thought that might be the case. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what does uh, Greg Gutfeld's success on Fox? I know it's not a movie, but it's it's kind of Hollywood. What, sure, what, sure. what does uh, his success on Fox against the three late-night liberals tell you, if anything? Well, it tells you a lot. First of all, the fact that no platform would put up a right-of-center comic host to host his own show or her, her own show. The fact that, you know, that's, again, money on the table. If every late-night show leans left or is dramatically to the left, and you've got half the country that leans to the right – you're looking at a, a great possibility. It's why Fox News is so successful, because most outlets lean to the left when it comes to the news service. So they just took that model, and of course it's Fox News that gave us Gottfeld, and all of a sudden he's at or near the top of the heap. It's leaving money on the table. How could they do that? If you if you were in Hollywood, I would just say to my boss, listen, we've got to have a, a, a conservative comedian out there. Well, let's make that happen. They don't want to do that. And that's it sort of overlaps with the woke conversation, because they'd rather have the right message, and I use that in scare quotes, then uh, be, prof- be profitable. Yeah, and you know what, what uh, is obvious? Uh, a lot of people, who, especially Fox viewers uh, and people who follow Fox and root for Fox, they'll constantly point to the ratings and say they're, they're killing CNN and MSNBC. But if you add up MSNBC's and CNN's ratings in prime time, they're right about the same as Fox. 
uh, Fox was smart enough to come in as the conservative and let the two liberals fight for the audience. And so get, look who wins. Look who gets the most. Why doesn't that translate to movies? Why isn't there somebody out there doing what Greg Gutfeld has, uh, Gutfeld has proved can be done, which is appeal to the people who hate uh, liberal Hollywood and want to see movies that aren't woke? They're out there. Why not make them? Yeah, it, it, it staggers the imagination. And by the way, I think another tangential area is the Oscars. The Oscars have gotten more yeah. woke. Mm-hmm. They've gotten more political. They've gotten more progressive. And as a result, the ratings, yeah. the, it's unwatchable, and the ratings droop dramatically year after year. You'd think they'd fix that. They'd say, hey, you know, we've got some strong messaging here, and we're cutting off half the country. Maybe we should modulate our message. Maybe we should reach out to the half the country. Maybe we should be completely apolitical and just focus on the joy and the greatness of movies. Why don't we give that a try? And yet they don't. It's the same boring three-hour show, the same lectures. Now they're threatening to bring a host back, but who would the host be? He or she is not going to be funny. They're not going to be allowed to be hilarious. You know, if you wanted to shake it up, if you want to get viewers back, you want to get you and I back, throw Dave Chappelle out on that stage and say, let her rip. You know, you do what you want, you say what you want, and have a great time. And we'll, we'll throw you a, a big paycheck, and the ratings will be big. But they don't want to do that. They don't want the ratings. They want, they want to send their messages their way. Well, you're dealing with showbiz people, and it's all about gratification and, and having the audience love you. And the audience that you're dealing with uh, at the Academy Awards are not going to love you if, you if you're not liberal. So they, there's just no, there's no gratification. Yeah, you know, Nick Searcy is an interesting actor. He is from Justify. Yeah, He's I a know, conservative yeah. guy. And uh, he says, you know, when actors are spouting off on social media and they're very woke and they're maybe sharing political messages, he says, and I, I think he's right, they're not really trying to get you to watch their shows or promote their work. They're auditioning for the next role. They're trying to say to their fellow like-minded actors and directors and casting people, hey, I'm one of you. You can hire me. I'm, I'm on your team. It's, it's a fascinating thought, and I, I want to give him credit because it wasn't mine. The, uh, i got about a minute left, and the, the book is called Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul by Christian Toto. Christian, let's finish up here. What would be a good example of a virtue bomb? Oh, gosh, I mean, the Oscar ceremony for sure. Uh, you know, the Charlie's Angels reboot, which was, you know, not sexy and glamorous, but it was more, you know, female empowerment and lectures movies like that. Terminator, the last Terminator film, had uh, instead of having the focus on Arnold, this huge hulking Terminator guy, there was several different female stars who were sort of less intimidating. They had a uh, an open borders part of that movie. All these different elements just scare audiences away. They don't want to see, they don't want the lectures. Even if you agree with some of the sentiments in there, you'd rather just see a Terminator movie or a great Oscar ceremony. This is not bringing people into seats, not bringing them to the eyeballs into the screens. Well, I hope you sell a lot of books, Christian, and thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right, that's Christian Toto, Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. I'll be right back. So have you quit smoking yet? Maybe you made a resolution uh, right around New Year's Day there that you were going to quit smoking. Maybe you tried and it didn't work. Well, I should tell you about MyNicotineTest.com, founded by Matt Bars, the director of the New York City Fire Department Tobacco Program. It's a science-based approach, a quit rate of 70%. That's 7 out of 10, and they can help you. They even offer a money-back guarantee if they don't help you. The way it works is they measure your nicotine levels through a urine test to customize your treatment so that you don't feel miserable as you're quitting. And now for a limited time, you can get expert tobacco coaching free with your nicotine test purchase. And the experts guide you with tips and secrets to finally make quitting a reality for you. You can quit. Imagine life with no cigarettes. MyNicotineTest.com works with all tobacco products, too, not just smoking, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call My Nicotine Test at 1-800-45-SMOKE. That's one 800 45 S-M-O-K-E, and leave a message if all the counselors are busy. And if you're not a smoker, order a gift card for someone you love who is. NicotineTest.com. MyNicotineTest.com. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift giving occurs year-round. 
Whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. You've all heard it in the news, folks. Heating costs are surging through the roof. But right now, Eden Pure is offering an amazing discount on their Gen 40 heater. This 5-pound Gen 40 produces 50% more heat than the big box heaters that are 7 times its size. The Gen 40 superheater is efficient. It produces infrared heat using advanced micro-solid-state technology with built-in safety shutoffs, and it comes with a remote control for you. So for a limited time, the Eden Pure Gen 40 is $200 off the regular price. People all over the country are reporting massive savings on their heating bills. So keep warm and save money because right now it's the perfect time to buy more than one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and you'll get an additional $20 off. That's $220 total savings by going to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and shipping is free. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Have you seen the pictures of the uh, railroad tracks out there in uh, Los Angeles area? Um, I don't know if you've seen this. We, we had Steve Malanga on yesterday from uh, City Journal talking about uh, smash and grab, people going into stores and just stealing stuff and nobody doing anything about it. It's amazing, but it's actually happening with trains. I'm looking at a picture now. Uh, it's. I hope you've seen it. Uh, check it out on. I have it up on Twitter at uh, my on my Twitter feed at Steiger World. Um, it's. It's you. You can't even see the tracks. They're covered with garbage. Well, not garbage. It's. I guess open boxes of some things that people have stolen. They've been taken right off the train. Jesse James would be proud of this. This is what Jesse James did. 150 years ago, he was he was out there waiting for a train to come by. There was nobody to prevent him from doing it. He'd get a few guys on horseback, and they'd go up, and they'd put a gun in the the the, uh, the engineer's face, and they'd take whatever they want, rob all the passengers if it was a passenger train, and then move along and wait for the next train to come by. It's actually happening in 2022 out in L.A. And the, the amazing thing to me is, that you have that you have you have homeless people pooping on the streets and the democrats keep getting elected the people responsible for this go out they campaign they say i think i'm doing a really good job and people vote for them again they're even talking about gavin newsom running for president against uh, desantis in florida <laughs> i'll talk to you tomorrow bye John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.